so we're like recording recording all good right welcome to uh welcome to the show guys this show is a bit different but it's the second time we've done this now where i will be answering a few of your burning questions um it's been great receiving feedback and mostly it's, it tends to be my friends that contact me directly sometimes give compliments usually give criticism but the fact is people keep listening so i, I do appreciate you so yeah, hopefully we'll uh, have some questions today, which should we should make for some good content. And uh, in the studio today, we have the top producer, Mr. Ryan Hale. You will be hearing his voice. Don't be freaked out. And a, the, it does freak people out. Yeah, well, that was, oh, good. That was there, a good warning. Oh, there it is. But yeah, so I think today should be a fun show. So please sit back and enjoy. Yeah, so we, we put out a call on, on social media. Several people saw it. And we're just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we want to hear mm-hmm. what what the fans out there have to say the yes, kickback indeed. fans yes indeed the the legions of fans out there oh so many uh, <clears throat> as i'm going through these i'm kind of noticing a couple of themes maybe you'll pick up on them <laughs> okay so i'm i'm giving these to i'm giving this to Nathan without uh without showing him first so he's these are his real reactions in case anybody's wondering okay let's he, go. he hasn't planned this he didn't he didn't script out his responses to these <laughs> wow okay let's go let's do this <laughs> um so let me see so we got a couple good ones here let me let me uh, let me start you off with an easy one. Do you, do you want a drink, by the way? You seem to be quite nervous. Uh, yeah, now, now, now that I'm now that the mic's on, I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't know what to do here. Uh, here's one from Willie Eleven Is wants to know where the link to your Spotify playlist is. Well, 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 well. It's funny you should say that. Um, there is somebody in the same room as me who's responsible for <laughs> providing links to um, Spotify playlists and the like. Uh, I think you could probably get it through the RSL website. Um, I think sometimes your links are on Twitter. Maybe. Yeah, we, we put them up every once in a while. So yeah. they're, they're out there. And I obviously know that's my idea. Yeah. That question was for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and people who follow me, I tend to put it up on my thing. But, you know, if, if you follow me, you've probably done it already. So, yeah, everyone, please blame Mr. Ryan Hale. And he will do better to be better. Uh, that's... <laughs> I'll try to do that. The other one that I'm getting here, the other theme that's here, Spotify came up a lot. That's why okay. I threw myself under the bus there. Okay. Um, we got to talk about getting that on Apple. On Apple. Yeah, I've heard so, that. I've heard that one so as well. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll be working on that. It'll be it'll be available everywhere you get your music. So, um, but yeah, we try to put out a link on the RSL website every every time we put it. Up. Okay. Well, I do, and there's actually you can actually go to that website and play the whole thing without having to Spotify. So you do account. do your job there. You do I do, do it. It's just sometimes it's hard to find those links. You yeah. Know? Okay. That's fair. Yeah. But so, I appreciate everyone for even mentioning it. Um, yeah, for suggesting it, or whatever, and you know, it, hopefully you like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. But yeah, I think I think a few people will like it. All right. How about this one? This one came out quite a few times. Okay. Let's go. Um, this one specifically comes from Nicolette three five three on Instagram. Why won't you accept my follow on Instagram? Oh, it's the burning question. Why won't I accept your follow request? Um, So for context, anyone that's not on social media or whatever, my account is a private account. It's very much against the common theme of professional sportsmen who have open, verified accounts. I know it drives Tyler Gibbons crazy. Yeah. Um, shout out to Tyler Gibbons. Thank you for the shirts the other day. Um, the reason for it is because as far as social media goes, I like to be myself and not feel like I have to entertain anybody or anything. And I think sometimes when people have lots of followers and so on, 
I feel like they stop being true to themselves and as a consequence they just start just doing things for likes or to grow a profile or to grow this or to grow that and that's not really something that I've ever really been about because I just like to be myself I think in my career the difference between my career and when I finish in terms of things which I do I only want I want the main difference to be the fact that I just don't have to go to work not the fact that um you know my social media has still got to promote this product or promote that product I just like to just keep it simple so basically my social media is comprised of people who either choose to follow or people who follow me who who actually know in real life so my real life is always going to be my real life. I think there's a, someone was saying it recently, you know, when you're essentially underground, you can do what you want. So maybe an underground, like, I'm, it's not an insult if I don't accept your follow request. It would be an insult if I declined it. But I've actually just got <laughs> a box full of requests. And, you know, maybe if I um, if I meet you one day, I'll just click the follow, click the uh, allow and, you know, we can be friends. Yeah, so what is that, the the secret to getting, to getting that elusive natum? request like that's my goal like if i'm walking around here honestly just, honestly all all it has to be is like i just need to see you in real life and we just need to speak if if anyone who i see in real life who says to me you know I, i'm trying to follow you on instagram my name is x y or z i'd be like oh cool yeah you, you seem cool yeah let me go and find that now take welcome to my life yeah all right easy so as that. just follow him Easy around in real life and then you'll be able to follow them around. the thing is i'm very elusive but yeah just fire me and, and this we can make it work we should we should do we should see if we can have people send us their natum sightings right? <laughs> yeah be, be few that, and far between that'd be a fun uh, few and far between my friend all right um so i guess i kind of just let me throw a question in here for that one. Oh, i like this so how's something like that where your idea of wanting to be in the shadows uh-huh. mesh with the idea of wanting to do a podcast you know when when the offer came from yourself and the club to do a podcast that was one of my biggest concerns because i understand how you need to try and grow a podcast and you, you're trying to go out to a wider audience and so on but then also trying to be a private person is the exact opposite of that um and that as i say that was my biggest concern thinking can i really do this because i do enjoy being in the shadows but then all of a sudden there's going to be a spotlight on me for however many people want to listen and I think I probably said to you, I, I never wanted the show to have tens of thousands of people listening to it because, again, I feel like it can be more authentic the, if the number's a bit low. I'm not saying you want, like, 10 people to listen, but, you know, we've, as your president would say, we've had great numbers. And uh, with the, <laughs> with some of those numbers, it's, it's left me in a place where I can still pick and choose my guests. I can still pick and choose exactly what I want to talk about. And, you know, we can still work out of this great studio. Um so yeah, it, it was it was hard and I do try and promote things. And to be honest, it's meant that I've done most of my promotion to my followers and friends on social media. Like they're not all, they don't all listen, but at some point maybe somebody's listened. And if that one person, that one friend listens and they like it, maybe they will spread it for me. And I think that's tended to have happened. That's happened a lot with some of the guests that I've had. Um, I think the biggest one was say, in terms of the spread possibly was Joe Hart after he came on. I posted a promotional thing on my Instagram for my friends to show that it was out. And then he posted one on his. And, you know, there's a slight difference in size between mine and his profile because mine's a few hundred and his, his happens to be just a couple of million. So, you know, it does, promotion is there. It is there. So thankfully, the people on the other side, people kind of doing it for me, kind of with word of mouth. And obviously, RSL does a great job of it as well. 
terrific, yeah. You know, they do it the website, social media, it's, it's everywhere. We're breaking the internet. I don't know. This is always the first place people go when they're trying to find new podcasts. So sometimes, like, I don't think people expect for a center back that's currently starting on an MLS team to be yeah. the, someone to go to to get the show. But I think that people that have listened, the, the response we're getting is, you know, positive. Everybody wants to know what, mm -hmm. you know, what's on your mind and that kind of stuff. I don't, have you had any kind of, I mean, have you had any interesting interactions that have happened that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't been doing this for the last nine months now? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, but I think from when we had to create an idea or whatever, I think the biggest thing was really to any for any time I, I ask somebody if they'd like to come on, it's not necessarily for me. I find I feel like it's more for them. Barring, say, Zach Moss and uh, Ryan Chisholm, DJ Bangarang, I know all the people well that um, that have been on, and I think they're good people. But the way that media tends to be, especially within sports and the like, is you can never really express who you are. You can express what you think about a certain situation that's usually involved in your workplace, but you can never really show who you are as a person. So, yeah, when those people come on, I like to kind of show like how cool they are as people and the stories that they have to tell, which are stories which you'd probably never hear if you weren't in the same environment as them. Say from, I think it was, was it the second episode with Justin Portillo, like most people didn't really know his story. And then just like now with Justin Glad, people know him as a player and they might know certain bits about him so on social media or whatever, but you know, you probably didn't know that he's not scored a goal in 2000 days or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's like, that's, that's the st type of stuff I, I really enjoy because I, I, I like to learn about people. And I've learned a lot of things about people whilst I've been here as well with, uh, say, Jack Blake as well. He, he was telling me something which I was really unprepared for. And it's it's been fun just talking, having a good conversation, hearing stories, you know, really picking people's brains and just seeing, like, what makes them who they are. And as I say, because of the, the club, I've been lucky enough to be able to pick and choose exactly who I want to speak to. And these are good people, so I always have a lot of fun, which is why we always end up talking for too long. So it's been fun to be a part of it, you know, knowing like what it's really like to have a conversation with Micah Richardson and to yeah enjoy. like that's something that I would never have it's just he's, he's a hilarious human being yeah but and also also a very very successful one and if you see he's, he's doing more media stuff now so people are starting to get a feel of what he's like yeah. but these are people I've been lucky enough to be friends with and teammates with for 10 years plus yeah well I think it's been it's been fun to watch and I think it's you know one of those when you're trying to make you know, make a show with somebody who's not necessarily their first job is to make yeah. media. It's you never know what you're going to get, but I think that it's pretty obvious. To, I think that your listeners that they're getting some. Yeah, they're getting. To, I'm to, put, listen. I'm putting time and effort in. Yeah, totally. I, I'm I'm putting time and effort in. Like even just to prepare for shows, you never know how things are going to go, but nothing's ever off the cuff. There's usually some level of direction in there. And to be honest, I picked that up from um, Rachel Corsi for the Rethink podcast from last year. Seeing the way that, you know, whenever I was trying to go off, when I was a guest, whenever I was trying to go off slightly off piece, Rachel just used to say, no, 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 come back here, come back here. This is what we're talking about. So to learn from from her, because I think she's very good at it. And then, yeah, to then be just, you never know. I feel like I never know what's going to be good content, but I know stuff which I would like to hear. And I think the stuff that I like to hear, other people would find interesting. So, yeah, I, I do put time and effort into making sure that we don't just talk about nothing for an hour at a time. It's been pretty fun. I think one of the things that we should probably try to do to 
go with the coverage of the show is we should probably take some shots of your your notebook put those out there oh, <laughs> it's funny you should say that because i think it's t- so I, I carry two notebooks it's a bit nerdy so one's for the ideas and the other one's for actual structure and things which i need to make sure that i do try and say and the actual show book which i do check from is very close to being full i literally have maybe two podcasts left and then i'm gonna have to put it on auction i'm gonna have to auction the uh the book and you know you can well, what can you do you can usually do bidding or a buy it now on ebay is that right yeah so you can buy it now on ebay for anywhere from i, I think i'm gonna say what do you reckon is a good <laughs> figure for the buy it now i don't know there's a lot of zeros though oh, so many zeros <laughs> and i think it's all before the decimal point as well but <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah it's, it's it's good like it's so it's i find it really really enjoyable and i think there's some people as well when they walk in oh when sorry when i decide when i ask them if they can come on and they say yes like it just flows i know exactly what i want to be saying and then you've got the opposite of that which was for example with a friend of mine zach moss who's entering the the nfl draft this year i'd never met the guy before the first time I met him was just outside the studio, five minutes before we were about to start recording. <sighs> was I nervous, by the way? Was I nervous? Because this is this is a good. He ended. He's a good guy. He's a really good guy, and he's really good on the mic as well. Yeah. But here we are in a space, and I appreciate him coming in, not knowing me. But that could have been a disaster. But then instead, it was probably one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah, that was a fun one. Um, so let's uh, let's uh, steer away from the meta, <laughs> talking about the show. Okay. Um, questions. Let's uh. Talk about your other favorite subject, talking about soccer. Okay. Talking about football. Mm-hmm. I guess most of these people are asking about soccer. Yeah, so. it's, it's understandable. <laughs> it's understandable, yeah. A lot of people here want to kind of know what your take on MLS is and what the, what the like it's been there. And so the one question specifically that people that has came up three, three different times is, who do you think is the most underrated player in this league? Underrated player. Ooh. Because I think your perspective on this league is going to be different than, yeah. say, like I think have you been to? I've been to everywhere basically. Yeah. So I mean, now you have you have a you can have a take on like who's the. Um, I think it's I think it'd be hard to pick one player in particular, but again, it depends where the ratings are coming from as well. Like if you're talking about people who don't get mentioned by the commentators every single, every single time they're on TV, then you know there could be loads of players, but. I feel like the league is so focused on its attackers and the things that they do that I think they neglect some of the people, say, in midfield or at the back who are an integral part of their team. So I'm not saying like every single defender, midfielder and defender is great because it's not the case anywhere in the world. But the attackers, like, if an attacker could score a goal on the weekend, it'd be terrible for 89 more minutes. But the story would be about the attacker, not the people who maybe helped to keep it so it was a 1-0 game to that team. So in terms of underrated players, I, th- I think they're probably more underrated teams. And I think it could use us at RSL as an example of that. Considering we've made the playoffs for the last two years, uh, last year finishing third and so on. And this is with essentially the same players barring one or two. And then this year, everyone's predictions is that like we'll do nothing. Well, why would that be? Because they wouldn't say that about other teams in, say, bigger markets and so on. I feel like there's a real focus on LA, there's a real focus on New York and all this stuff. And yeah, they're good teams, but everyone's very, very similar. But you just don't get the same noise. Like you won't, you won't really see us on national TV. But why? We're the same as everybody else. I mean, that's one of those. I, uh, obviously, coming from a perspective of trying to push a team that's yeah. in a small market and getting that kind of and feeling that. Like, 
you know, there's there's some teams in American sports that have made it out of you know small markets and made yeah. a big deal. You think about the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Like there's, I think that's the only market that's smaller in America than Is it? Salt Lake. You know, it's, it's, it's that crazy. has a major team in it. It's crazy. So yeah, in terms of like under appreciate or whatever players that the, there's so many in every team yeah. and if you look carefully it would be the ones who start the majority of games within a season but don't get a mention because if they like there's a reason why i trust uh, why a coach trusts them enough to pick them week in week out the same amount of times as it would do their dp player or the person who's going to score 30 goals a yeah. season so if there was like i, I mean i i as someone i know that you do your research has there ever been a, a situation where you're up against a team and all of a sudden, somebody you have, you were not prepared. I'm not saying not prepared for, but the, did you weren't expecting to be the one that was giving you the, um, giving me a runaround. For, uh, um, I do come prepared, and I do tend to have an idea of what people are capable of. Um, but every so often, there's certain players where I don't know, maybe through injury or something, they just, just go out and play. After the first time playing in Red Bull Arena was was hard last year. I think we lost four 0 and like felt like it was about. 90 degrees 90 percent humidity and they just kept coming at us over and over and over and there was a strike i think it was uh brian white and he was not like the majority of strikers you play against in mls who all want to come short have nice footwork and this that and the other like he just ran and he ran and he ran and he ran and you know he's, he's a good player he's not like the best player in mls or anything because he played against us just this week a week gone and he wasn't a surprise to me anymore but that type of mentality in those conditions made it he did very well in that game against all of us um so yeah that that that's the type of play that can surprise you because they've got he had a slightly different style but overall like you know what to expect from the nines you know what to expect from the tens you know what to expect from the wingers and stuff like that so you don't really get surprised but yeah so I'd, I'd say him last year just in that moment because we we got absolutely toasted that day and four was like if you walk away there thinking well i could have been a lot worse hmm. Uh, one of the other things we're getting a lot of questions about, based on the time that we're recording this, we're recording this in the week after the Red Bull game. Yes. Um, <clears throat> this year, which ended up 1-1. Yes. Um, oh, gosh, here we go. <laughs> I, can, I can say whatever I need to say. I'll be completely honest and transparent. Please fire away. I just, uh, so, I'm, anybody who's watching that, uh, you got your fair share of uh, shots on goal. Too many. I had too, um, too much of a share of shots on goal, yeah. At some point, I figured it seemed like you were maybe more interested in um, putting uh, Jensen, the goalkeeper, in the hospital. <laughs> that one shot you had from, it may have been three yards away. The worst, one of the worst things about um, the game that we play is that you'll always have a replay and there'll always be an angle of something which makes something look very, very obvious and easy. And in the moment, I thought I did the right thing. And I look back at the video, I was like, what on earth was I doing? And it's the same with the shot, which I kicked wide from like seven yards. It felt like it was about 30 yards out and in the corner flag where I kicked it from. Then I looked at the video, I was like, oh my gosh. So unlike the title of uh, Jolene's podcast, who's the attacker at the back or whatever, like I'm just the defender, just at the back, just kicking balls away for a living. Yeah, it was... Um, it was a crazy day. It was a crazy, crazy day, and I think uh, we. De I think we should have won that game. We definitely should have won, especially if I'm getting three chances in a game. Well, I'd say like one of those things. You know, this is one of the markets where we're not too far away from getting super negative. I yeah. think as like you know, when our teams are doing that, I don't know if you've been following the Jazz at all this yeah, year, but it's yeah, like yeah. we're so either very the, up and down, it's yeah. either the best team in the world yeah. or we're now we're the yeah you know sell them all whatever. But uh, the reaction to fans watching that game was that was 
a good game, and yeah. we got you know there was RSL didn't get the what the, roll, the ball yeah. didn't roll their way. Yeah. So I think that's that's going to be one of the more frustrating situations to you know be in in the game is when you know things are not yeah. you're not failing at what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. but the we kind of are not, failing. we're failing at the same time. Yeah, the ball's like, not going across that. Like if if I was if I was a better finisher, if we had other we made better decisions at certain points than I think we do win the game. I think they did have a few, they had a few really strong defensive moments like clearances off the line and so on, but we should have won that game. And I think after the game, someone said that the coach was like really happy about drawing, about tying the game, even though they conceded in the 92nd minute, which kind of says that he knew they were very much up against it for the majority of the second half, especially. So yeah, I just, I just hope that I get another chance between now and the end of the season because I think I need a chance at redemption. Well, I mean, that was the that one shot in particular. I don't, that was so so, <laughs> the thing so is, bad. The thing is, though, is like that would have torn a hole in the net, and we yeah. had to stop the game anyway. Yeah. And just if, if the net was like twenty feet to the side, then yeah, it definitely <laughs> would have done that. Uh, but there was a people were people were they want to see that. And I, I, yeah, the amount sure. of the amount of, of uh, Natum jerseys around the stadium. I, I, there's there's plenty of people that are that it's are. An, if you they're hard to get hold of these days, you know. <laughs> They're literally <laughs> flying off the shelves. Uh, let me ask you a few more of these soccer questions, because if you this is what I do. This is what I do. For reference, by the way, you, you mentioned the social media thing. One of the, if you ever follow me on on uh, Instagram, don't expect to see any posts about soccer. That's the big difference. Yeah, so I guess that's. I mean, so maybe that'll weed out some of the. Well, there you go. You know, like all I want is just you no. Know, soccer. There's, there's no soccer information on my Instagram. Just life. The bigger thing. Yeah. Um, this is a question that also came from several different people. Um, but I think this is something you kind of touch on with a lot of your guests. Um, what is the position, if you could play any position on the field, where would you? <laughs> There's Maybe... only one answer. You'd, you'd have to be in a, you'd have to be a striker. Like, just, for, to, I hate doing this, but it's completely honest. The game is not for defenders. Some people might enjoy defending, but a defender on their best day, playing against a strike a striker on their best day, will inevitably lose because the attacker could just end up scoring from forty yards out, and there's nothing you can do about it because you might have defended great to that point. So you'd always choose to be that, and even say when when my career eventually ends, it's like I, I've scored some goals and stuff, but I know my highlight reel is going to be about five minutes worth of tackles. But then imagine if you're an attacker and you have a great you have a great career. Your highlight reel is going to be some of the best goals, some of the best stadiums, this, that, and the other. And it's things which people actually want to see. People want to see goals. That's why they go to games. They don't essentially go to see nil nils. If a, if a, if a fan could go to a game every week and watch their team win ten nine, I'd imagine they'd be quite happy with that. But if they could go every week and see the team like just concede nothing but not really score anything, I think they'd probably start coming. So yeah, as a consequence, you just you have to be an attacker, and you only need to be hot for like six months, and before you know it, you're like the best thing in the world ever. Yeah, I do think that that um, the soccer players in the United States are kind of held to a different standard than, uh, say, some of the other sports, because you did talk about like nobody wants to come and watch a, a yeah. scoreless draw. You know, yeah. nobody wants to see that. But at the same time, we are paying pitchers in baseball to, to, to stop to, it to basically, game, yeah. and so, um, and people do like you know, I've been to games where. Like I, you know, I'm a baseball fan. I grew mm-hmm. up here, so like watching a one-zero pitchers duel is almost as exciting as seeing it. Yeah. You know, although I, you know, yeah. I, I do come to see the home runs too. It's just yeah, for sure. But there's that. I don't think that we don't have that same reference from a reference for what it means to be a pitcher 
And sometimes they, I think they try to put it on the keeper. I don't think the keeper and the pitcher. They, it's, it's, I think it's more of the fits in the center back. It's yeah. Like, as far as like, where's the defensive heart of the team right yeah. now? Like, I feel like over here they do appreciate clean sheet, but only if like you're scoring goals down the other end. Yeah. Like if if the team is just really negative and just sitting and just do everything to not concede but have no chances, like the stadium will be empty. Yeah. It will get empty so so fast. But I think also I feel like it, since I've been here. More and more people tell me, not necessarily in this state as such, but they hate ties. Like they're like some my, some of my neighbors have asked me like, so what happens if it's a tie? Then they're like, well, we just go home. Like the, the the concept of a tie like doesn't doesn't get them going at all. So yeah, that, you'd have to be an attacker without question. I do think it also kind of it lends itself to you do have to be a fan of more than just one game at a time. Yes. I think uh, you can be a drop-in fan for an NBA game. Yes. You can be a drop-in fan for, you know, a baseball game. Yes. But yeah. uh, if you really want to appreciate why everybody's leaving, I mean, the, the people leaving the stadium on Saturday weren't, you know, what was that? It was like there was this excitement because yeah. of when that goal happened. And they, for sure. But in order to understand why that's important, you do kind of have to see the whole mm-hmm. picture, and that's – it does take a little bit more investment. It does, yeah. It does. Like I, 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 we've got lots of good like soccer fans over here. Maybe we don't have as many casual fans as say you'd find in other places and other sports and so on because you do need to understand the bigger picture, as you say. But it, it is what it is. Like it, it might change in time, but does it have to? I'm not sure because we can still sell out uh, the right on any given week, really. Yeah. Well, that was one of those uh, coming from someone who spent part of my time as a soccer fan, as a football fan as a only sane football fan, even yeah. though I'm living in, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. one of the things, one of my critiques about like MLS was the, the, the skill, the skill level is so much lower and they're just not seeing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but then someone, one of my friends talked me into coming to a game yeah. and being in a building where professional soccer was being played in Salt Lake city for that matter. Actually, I had, the first time I did, it was in, you know, just in, in LA, it was, it was just like, this is crazy. I've never seen this. I don't understand. Like this is this is happening right here. And then yeah. to find out that like you can go every week mm-hmm. and you can see these players around town, and it's that's different than like yeah, of course I want to watch Messi and Ronaldo play yeah. every week, but I will never yeah. run into them in the grocery store. Yeah, and I will never, sure. you know, the thing is I won't be able to stay, you know get tickets there. And that I think that's one of the reasons why I think that you know people are interested in you as a person, and people are like you know knocking on your Instagram door, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 them yeah. being the man. So the people that are interested in this team are invested in this team. You know, that is why you'll see the same faces around here and people, you know. Yeah, I feel like people, it's kind of like uh, back in England, um, although the stadiums are different sizes and stuff, if you go down the leagues a little bit, the clubs that people support are their local teams and it starts to feel more personal because you will see them. The, the players will interact more with, with the fans. The fans will see the players more often and so on. And that's the stadiums that say they're different sizes, but they represent that space. And those clubs become very, very, it feels like a real intimate place where everyone's going in the same direction together. And that's essentially what we have in this space here. I don't know if it's the same all around the MLS, but just the positioning of everything here from the fact that we have three teams under one roof, um, everyone's living, like no one's, say, going out and living in, say, Calabasas and you can't have access to wherever. Like we're living in the same place as all the, as all the fans. So wherever we go, you will see us. Like this is this is who we are. We're all in the same boat together, and it's 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 cool. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's one of those. Whenever I hear the players telling stories about their neighbors yeah. and asking them like that, so you just uh, kick kick the ball. That's it. You know, it's like, this year. <laughs> but the thing is, like, it? if you, would, I mean, I can't imagine you ever had a neighbor when you were back in England that 
didn't even have a concept of the sport, yeah, let alone they, they know what it is. You know, it's then, like there, there's something about that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they know exactly what it is. Like, I think one of the high points of my career was the Houston game at home last season because everybody in my neighborhood, from the adults to the children, came to the game. But I'd probably say half of them didn't have a clue what was going on. But they all just want to be involved. They just want to be there. Yeah. And it was great. I was waving in the corner. There were like 30 people all there just to see me. Obviously, it was expensive for tickets, but it was... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was that was top. I really enjoyed that. That's why I like having this this format here. This uh, having the show is because I feel like that people do want to know who who they are coming out to see. It's it's a, it makes more to know who you are as a person makes it a lot better to. <laughs> That's all I want. I like if people people can judge me as a player and whatever, but I feel like I'm a good person. So as a consequence, like I want people to know that I'm a good person, and I've been lucky enough, as I say, to be given a microphone to talk into every week or the week, once a month once every two months I don't know depends how busy we are alright let me let me ask you this other question here that's, I thought this was interesting um, this is from Slimming Feasts on Instagram uh, I know exactly who that is that's my sister okay go on so and she asks um, what are you most proud of in your <sighs> career why is she trying to get soppy like that that's my sister she sucked you in okay there. that's I, well she has some good questions she asked a bunch I only asked one of okay. them okay so. um <laughs> Uh, said proudest is, was that the question? Yeah. Proudest. Um, uh, I, oh, pride. Doesn't that come before a fall or whatever? Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, I don't know. I think for me, being at the stage that I'm at now, I'm probably I'm proud of the fact that I've made it this far because I started in 2004 as a, as a professional. That's when I made my debut, and I'm still here and. I've been lucky enough to see, to have all members of my family watch me do what I do. And they feel proud of the fact that I've done this. So I think it's, I'd probably say the longevity and the fact that everyone, like my mother's not here anymore, but she got to see it. She invested so much time into me when I was playing youth, uh, youth football and so on. And she got to see it. My sisters got to see it. My dad got to see it. My aunties, my uncles, like, everybody got to see it and it was great to know that everyone like that was rooting for me to do well um and then even now with my kids like my kids have seen it they might not remember it but you know they've, they've seen it happen because this could have been taken away at any point the average uh, amount of time someone will spend in a career it's, it's probably quite low but then here i am in year 16 or 17 or whatever and I'm, I'm still here so yeah i've been lucky enough to see basically three four generations all get the chance to watch me play when uh you look at like your career like if you're taking a step back from mm -hmm. it and you're like the, what is the the one memory that pops up like is there an on-field memory that kind of jumps out every time or you like get a little nostalgic or retrospective um one moment uh there were lots of highs lots of lows but um it it's it's weird. I, like I've had so many like nice career moments and all that stuff. But I remember, uh, I think it was one in particular, just for timing. It was the week where my uh, my eldest daughter Amaya was born, and I had a game that Saturday. Had not slept for five days, and we played against Nottingham Forest. I think it was, and I only went and scored, and I had a, did the thumb sucking celebration, and that was the moment where my life was about more than just the game 
and I was lucky enough to score to almost put an exclamation point on that moment. I remember running away, sticking my thumb in the air. I sticking my thumb in my mouth. I was like, this is this is a truly, truly like great moment. Like I've I've won things and played in big games and all that, but yeah, that was the one where like my perspective on on life and the career was starting to change. And as I say, to be able to have a moment like that was uh, was very special. It is, it is interesting to watch that from a fan perspective when you see players dealing with the the life and the, yeah. their job coming together. It's, 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 it's so don't get me wrong. People have it a lot harder than we do. We don't exactly train or work for like nine hours a day or 10 hours a day or whatever. Like It's not like that. But we do have lives. And I think some of the people, some of my really close friends, they're as invested in their actual real life as much as I am. Not everyone is. Some people will always prefer the working football life but i i prefer home life because you know it's inevitably going to last longer it brings you more back it brings more value like to see people grow and like you're responsible for helping them grow teaching them about the world that's that's class so I, i'd say i enjoy going to work but when i'm done i, I, I love going home love yeah. going home and seeing them yeah yeah well um, I'm not surprised that that's kind of why you took that one. Yeah. Um, let me ask you some more. Let me ask you some music questions here. Oh, here we go. Because we got we got music a, man. Yeah, we got away from. I know you love just X's and O's, talking tactics and all that. But let's. Uh, um, so you've asked this question to some of your guests, um, in some way or in the other. But uh, your uh, walk up music. Yes. So that's one. That's another one that. Most, I think, because you've asked that question so many times, people want to know you, you what just, mine would be. Yeah, mm. what's uh, what is the if you're gonna say this is the music that's gonna tell the story of who I am? Oh, that's that's such. <laughs> now I understand why people struggle to answer this question. Uh, I have the tiger. Yes. Uh, yeah, not quite, not quite that. Um, in terms of stuff to get me pumped, I like DNA by Kendrick Lamar. That's that's quite a deep song for me. Um, but then if it's for just like energy. And something that's a bit different, a bit quirky. Maybe like, uh, say something like a Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower or something. Like, wow. the, like that riff. Yeah, to no, get people I, I, hear going. It, I hear it. In fact, let me let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, let's let's get this. That's I feel like that's the type of person that I am. Have you got it? Have you have you are you paying premium? Like what's going on? Oh yeah, dude. Here we go. Coming to that. Here he is. Absolutely me, 1,000%. And you're laughing because you know it's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that. That's, 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 that. That image is exactly what I wanted to do. That's, that's, that's me. Like, that's the type of stuff which I like. You know, it's a, it's a classic. And most people, you don't listen to it all the time. But as soon as you hear it, you know what time it is. Yeah. That's me. There we go. Um, so this is a little different than that question. Okay. What... Uh, and I know you've said this on the podcast a lot of times. You don't necessarily sit in the locker room listening to music, yes. trying to get yourself hyped up to go and yeah, kick. You know, yeah. <laughs> but what is that song that like this is the this is for you? This isn't for the fans. This is one that's in your headphones. This is the one that's um poor. Cool, blimey, that's a good question. Um, subtle, subtle difference to the walk up music, but um ah, oh, do you know what? I I really really don't fully know the answer to that one i think because of the way the locker room set up like i do speak to everybody essentially before a game so i don't really 
wannabe that guy that has earphones in because inevitably I just end up taking them out, putting them back in loads of times whilst people try and talk to me and I talk to others. Um, but you'd have to, it'd have to be some, if I was to be that guy and say I had to listen to something in particular, um, if I had to pick an album or something like that, I would probably go for something like Get Rich or Die Trying by 50 Cent from back when. But like we're talking the more aggressive tunes on there. And then you can guarantee I'll go out there and just murder someone on the field. Like it's just bucket in. If you if you see if you ever see a video of me in a locker room, listen bop into what might be like um Wankster or whatever by fifty cent, just know somebody's in trouble. Big, big trouble. Mm-hmm. Or like poor poor little Rich or something. But obviously you can't this is gonna be so explicit. <laughs> I think I can find that's why I'm I haven't thrown it up just yeah, right now. I think this, I can find this. If, you, if you're looking for something that's like not too explicit on that album, I think you'd be looking for a very, very long time. Yeah. No, I maybe I, there's a riff or something. I don't, like a some of my times. Let's see. Run through just name some tracks for me and I'll tell you which one will get me. There's like Bloodhound as well. Oh, so many. That is a classic album. Bloodhound, yeah. This is this is taking me back a little bit. It's, this, it's oh. this, uh, the so the the timing of this, two thousand three when this album came out. Yes. Uh, so that's right at the beginning of your yes. professional career. That's right. Is there does that significance of like why it still gets you? Um to be honest, yeah, maybe because that was around the time when I was actually able to like afford music and I was allowed to download music and oh, so yeah. on. So that's, that's what it is. yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's when my catalog started to swell and I used to be able to actually be able to pick things up instead of just listening to what was on the radio. So yeah, that was that. But it's just that's timeless. I low key, I'm a very aggressive person, but I try not to be too often. So, but this takes me there. Yeah. I'm See how much of this we can get out of Yeah, this is gonna be. Sorry, this is gonna be like two minutes. Oh, it's just, it's so aggressive. It's so aggressive, but I love it. I love it. I love it. I live for all this. Yeah, but yeah. Obviously, you can't play too much of that for several I mean, reasons. You can find that album if you'd like to. Oh, it's it's a very popular <laughs> album. Sure, I sure imagine you've got it already. Oh, I mean, I'd, I'd had a heart on this one already. For on perspective, by the way, about how old I am in this current situation, is Chris Garcia, our new homegrown player, he was born the same year this album came out. Yeah, that's that's gnarly. Yeah. Um, but I'm not old, though, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll well, move on. It doesn't doesn't take too long. Get thirty years isn't that long anymore. Yeah. Oh, so I meant I was speaking to Ashton Morgan yesterday about this, and Chris Garcia is obviously he was born in two thousand and three. But when I step back and thought of it this way, so I was already playing when he. By the time he was he was crawling, and I was playing professionally, and that's fine. But it's the fact that I've had a career whilst he's been actually turning into like an adult from. Yeah, baby to toddler to child to yeah. like young adult to just become an adult now like that whole lifespan a career like my career has been someone's life and that kind of blew my mind a little bit yeah it's one of those when i think that 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 where the time kind of changes yeah what the meaning is like because you know in that 10 year 15 year span mm-hmm. you were doing this you're kind of doing the adult thing where it's like the I was this and I'm doing this. Yeah. But like here, you know, like you're talking about a five-year-old to a 10-year-old yeah. to a 15-year-old. I mean, yeah. that life changes so much. So it seems like... 100%. It seems like I, I was paying bills by the time when he was out and he was like doing nothing. You could just leave him in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... Uh, so it can I give a... I need to give a shout out to Tamor, our um, 
our old play liaison. So he is a friend of the show and he left us for Barnsley. Um, when was it? Is it the end of last year? Yeah. Um, and with that, he said that the question he wants to ask is when am I going to have him on the show so he can drop the greatest five-a-side team that's ever been seen and propel himself to the top of the leaderboard. So he's a United fan. Uh, he's a deluded United fan. Um, he, But he's in a privileged position because he's heard all these other teams. So now he's trying to create a super team to go against it. So I, I want to call him and see how he's doing over there. But it would take something very special for him to go to the top of the leaderboard because it feels like he's cheating already. Because he, you know, he has everything in place. So Tamor, I will call you. But maybe I won't ask you about that team. <laughs> All right. So one of the one of the things that you bring up a lot, uh, I keep saying this as a preface to these questions. Yeah. I, think people, I think that that just says that <laughs> shows pe- people listening. People are listening, and yeah, they want they want to hear your exact answers. So I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna kind of take one and kind of tweak it a little bit. That's okay. been hearing. So I get the the Messi versus Ronaldo. Ronaldo question like that. Yes. So and I think that one of those that when we have people here that have like a real perspective on that and seen them and played against those guys. Um, maybe kind of more like along the lines of that question I asked earlier about MLS, but who are these players? So obviously, you know, we all watch guys, you know, Messi, Ronaldo's. Mm-hmm. Who are these guys that uh, maybe aren't getting that same, um, they don't get that kind of attention that maybe should get this attention. Maybe if they played at Barcelona, maybe if they played mm. somewhere else like that, mm. uh, they would be on that level. Hmm. That, ooh, that is a good question. But I don't think it fully works just because if they if you play with Messi or you play with Ronaldo, you're always going to be second string. And you could be great, but you'll never be considered as great as them within that team because they're like um, generational type talents and players. So you do have players in other clubs who have done very well, have got loads of assists, loads of goals, loads of games, loads of trophies, but when the bar is raised to a point where you need to score 60 goals a season to be deemed to be great, not many people will be able to match that. And especially not within the same team. Because if you play with Messi and he scores 60, you're not going to score 60 yourself. Like You might score 40, which is incredible. But Messi's still going to be Messi. So I think those two are like 1A, 1B in a tier, like just by themselves. Yeah. And then everyone else in tier two. Like you, you see, you, I think we, do, we all know and we all see the great players in other leagues and other clubs and even the ones who play alongside them, say like what Suarez did, what um, say Benzema's done at Real Madrid, what um, Neymar did at Barcelona. But unless it's 60 goals a season, like <laughs> it's crazy, you're kind of irrelevant. So let's say in a world that Messi and Ronaldo don't exist. Yes. And that space is, that space at Barcelona is not next yeah. to Messi. Yes. Does anybody else have that kind of success? It seems like the torchbearer going forward is going to be Mbappe at Paris Saint-Germain, where people want him to go to Real Madrid or go to Barcelona to see if he can achieve those those numbers. And it's crazy because if he scores 30, 40 a season, that would be exceptional, but it still won't be to the iconic status of Messi and Ronaldo. Like these guys are scoring a goal a game for seven, eight years. That's ridiculous when you think about it. Um, so yeah, it seems like all the attention is going to go to him when they eventually stop. But he's the worst thing could happen to him would be if people tried to compare him to those two that came before, because inevitably they won't, he won't be able to match them. Like he might end up with 
more international accolades and so on and so forth. But those two were generational type talents who completely changed the way people viewed the game. And Neymar now maybe exists because people like Messi and Ronaldo did exist. So for him to do something which is going to be greater, sorry, for him to do something which is going to be of significance, he has to do almost do something greater. And I can't see a guy scoring every goal for a team and scoring 100 goals in a season, so I can't really see it. Um, just based on the idea, I mean, you're someone who's actually seen yes. them on the field. How crazy is it that they are able to play at that level, at those levels? Because, I mean, it's, when you're, ta- you're already talking about, like, the idea of what it takes to be on the field and the yeah, and in, for sure. in Europe, like, to the fact that they can take that and be another step above that. So, yeah, it's insane. Like, even, I think it was just last week, Ronaldo played his 1,000th game, which is insane. Like, he's averaging, like, 50 to 60 games a season, which is, you know, credit to his own ability to stay healthy, but then also the performances are right there as well. It's just... When I've played against both, when I played against Ronaldo when I was at Manchester United, and it wasn't his prime moment, but you knew he had something special. But when I played against Messi, it was his prime moment. And when he walked onto the field, it was like there was a god on the field. Like some of these guys, the talent is absolutely incredible. And they just they were in teams and just moments which suited them perfectly. So it was like a, it was a perfect storm to try and show how great these guys could be. And it's it's it was insane. Honestly, it was absolutely insane. But they people have talent. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like everyone has Messi's talent, but people do have talent. But it's for Messi, it was always his understanding of the game, and the way he could get the best out of people by providing them with assists or just bits of movement and so on. Because don't get me wrong, it's not like he was playing with the worst midfielders in the world when he was playing at Barcelona at his prime. But it's the fact that he complimented them and they complimented him, and allowed him to be as great as he was. No one else in that time would be able to do what he's done. And it's the same with Ronaldo now to the point where I don't think I've ever seen a striker who would probably kill a man to get a goal. But that's Cristiano Ronaldo. So when you're playing against that, you know that every time the ball comes into the box, he's there. He's putting his life on the line for it. So, yeah, it's just so much credit to them. They've they've all had to work. People say Ronaldo's the worker and Messi's the gifted one. But the fact is, if they both didn't work on themselves and their bodies, they wouldn't be able to still be playing in the game now. So yeah, those they're just they're generational. I'm really glad because if I had to play against that every single week, I think I'd probably would have quit a long time ago. Um, one of the things that I've taken from your conversations with you know other yeah. you know, other people around in your world there, um, the just that idea that you talk about those guys the same way that we talk about them. Yeah. Like I've just played them on FIFA, yeah, and it's like, but you still have that same. They're absolutely incredible. They're no less. They're no more human. In they're exactly, they breathe the same air that we do, but there's just something about them because I think they define what the game is. So for me, one thing about me is like I never, wherever I go, wherever I do, I am me. I'm not me. I'm not the player. I'm, I'll just introduce myself. Hi, I'm Nadam. I wouldn't say I'm Nadam, the soccer player for RSL. I'm Nadam. Like that's what mm-hmm. it is. But if I was in a situation where I was out somewhere and people knew who I was or say if someone might ask me who I was, or what I did, like that's when I'll, I'll be honest. But if Messi was in there, if Ronaldo was in there, and they know that they and people know that they play football, and someone comes to me and asks me what I do, I would just be like, I'm a plumber, like <laughs> I do decorating. Because let's be honest, I don't do what they do is different to what I do, so I wouldn't even put myself in the same bracket as them, even though we could be on the f- same field at the same time, just for what they are. Don't get me wrong, if I played against them, hundred percent. But when I'm not playing against them, I appreciate like those are the greats of the game. They will go down in history to a level which most people will never ever see. 
Yeah, it's uh, one of the things that, as a fan, that I've tried to do. I always try to, like, you know, I'm, I always want to go stand next to a player that I see on TV. And yeah. I had this opportunity one time um, here in Utah when uh, uh, Dallas came to town, and one of my friends worked for the for the Jazz, mm-hmm. and he's like, come on, we're going to go stand down on, like, we're shooting around. And Dirk Nowitzki was out on the court and I went and stood next to like you know as close yeah. as I could without being totally yeah, ridiculous being too creepy yeah but um, I was plenty creepy yeah. too, but, <laughs> but I was like just standing there and you know I'm, I'm over six foot tall yeah. and Dirk's seven foot just being in the presence of something like that was like mind blowing like yeah. I couldn't do that um, I think that not that I've been in the same place as Messi but to know somebody like him who's not like He's total the, yeah. physical like you know yeah. anomaly is Please. still able to do that it's that kind of it's insane yeah you know I, I i got that feeling when carlos vela walked past me like last year I mean, that's fair those, in like, this league that's fair that's he fair, didn't yeah. he didn't feel like somebody who was like if you were going to point to this room full of people and say this guy is the one that's yeah you know has the talent yeah. on it you wouldn't pick him out physically i think that's why yeah. soccer does kind of have that you know you'd have a lot of yeah you don't have a lot of zach mosses in yeah it's true it's true the, I'll be honest. That's one of my um, big surprises with America, by the way. So this this is the land of some of the greatest athletes that have ever been seen, but they seem to be reserved for other sports first, and then come into uh, soccer or football. Last. I can't. I can't believe I made you say that. I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, and that that really surprised me because if you could, it's almost like if you could. Obviously, there's a tactical and technical element of it as well. But as I say, some of the like you could. If you had a guy who can jump as high as Zion, imagine what that looks like from a corner. Yeah. Like just put the ball anywhere in the air, and then this guy's going to come and just dominate. But those guys already are doing other things. They're playing yeah. basketball. They're playing foot, uh, like American football. Whatever. Yeah, that is one of those arguments that kind of comes up. Like if we had our best athletes playing, and I think there's that's undeniable. Yeah. I think I saw. Um, we see guys like. Um, I saw Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. I think getting like put uh keeper gloves yeah. on and like just like obviously that would he would be the best keeper yeah I mean, you could, for sure for someone, sure someone with those kind of talents and that you know his speed and size i don't know if that would be the best place to put someone like yeah. him but you know like that's, there's, there's obviously there's more there's more to it yeah. but to have that type of athletic base is definitely a big part of it like imagine playing a ball over the top to tyree kill or something like that like just just go and yeah. just gonna score and like because yeah. he's miles ahead of everybody else yeah and it's it's one of i think that there's kind of like try to compartmentalize to like what you're good at and that's the thing um i coached youth sports for a long time and um my favorite like when i was when i was looking for we i played in a place where you'd have teams that didn't have enough players Mm -hmm. and so you'd have to go kind of go recruit around but i was like these basketball players make great soccer players they do they do and i think that we have a couple examples of that but like you know the idea is there's a lot of things that that are shared between the sports and i think that if it was a way to like you know, if you didn't have to just completely focus on one of those sports, and you could kind of make the, yeah. the rounds, you'd see some pretty. You'd be, I think you'd see some really interesting crossovers into soccer. Yeah, for sure. Back in the '90s in the United States, we had a couple of those with uh, with football and baseball. Yeah, we had like Deion Sanders and yeah. we had uh, Bo Jackson, those yes. guys. But Legends. that doesn't happen quite as much anymore, just because you do have to be so much more focused. But yeah, it would be great to see some of those those some of that crossover there. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. All right. Got, oh, a, got a couple more good ones. A couple more good ones. I thought it was um, going to be a burning question. <laughs> How about this one uh, from Modog SLC? Okay. Do you know that person? I don't think so, no. Okay. Uh, what's your go-to karaoke song? Oh. We talked about some different songs. All these songs have different. Yeah. This, this is good. I like it. Um, just before I, I do, 
just before I start, I always feel like I can sing, and the people whose tones kind of suit mine. So I put um, maybe some like John Legend, maybe a bit of Usher, something like that. Overall, but this is when they're not trying to get too high and show how great they are as singers. Just when they're keeping it's just one continuous tone. I feel like I can do that. So um, I'd probably say uh, ordinary people, John Legend. Yeah, should we see what that? Do you want to give it? You know, with this cough, it's going to be quite hard to replicate this greatness today. Uh oh, Quarantine. Yeah, I guess a, a recording studio is as good a quarantine as anywhere, right? Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Oh, he's on the spot. Are you going to do backing vocals or what? No, I, I just wanted to really get a feel. <laughs> See, this is this is the stuff that gets you going. Yeah, here. this is what I'm saying for you. Girl, I'm in love with you. This ain't the honeymoon. Past the infatuation phase. But if I do sing this, I'm not going to be looking anyone in the eye or anything. Listen, I'm happily married. Leave me alone. It's just a general love song to life then, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. For sure. But it's a great song, though. It's a great song. That is a great, great song. That's a good one. I can I can picture that. I can, you know what's funny? I think I've just, I can picture a mind about a couple hundred people just patiently wait for 20 seconds for me to come in and start singing. Not today, my friends. Not today. <laughs> With time, you're gonna have today. to. You're gonna have to be uh, just wandering around Punchbowl Social, I guess. Maybe. So, listen, it's a great think? spot, and that, yeah, I will be. You might see me singing karaoke in there. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. No, I could. I think a lot of people. You're you're gonna get people are gonna want to hear that in real life. Nah, so. they'll hear it if it's real life. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, just but then because as well, once I've done it, you can't hear it again, can you? No. This this stuff lives forever. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. Um, it is a, a just the the trying to pick the three different songs that you've I've, I've had you pick here and mm. all the the completely different place you have to be in yeah. to like pick a song. For good that. questions, good questions. Um, yeah. These people, I mean, that's the thing is you've opened that up a little bit. I know I do know people want to hear a lot more of your takes on music. I think it's one of those things that's kind of interesting. Like yeah, you do get pigeonholed as a, an yeah, athlete. Yeah, like you sure. talk about soccer and you even have that you know you, stick you, to sports. You thing, could but. argue that I love music more than uh, football itself. You could argue that. I think I've I've got a taste of that because I've heard you talk about music. I don't think music and enjoying music ever takes away from somebody yeah. other, you know, like what you're capable of doing that. Yeah, for, for perspective, it's kind of like I, I love football and I do it every single day. But if there's an album coming out on Friday, which I know about, which I'm looking forward to, I, like, I'll, I'll, I want to say, which I know is about, I'm actively really looking forward to listening to it. Yeah. And I'll listen to it over and over and over again. But for one, a game has been played. I don't watch it over and over and over. Yeah. Like I just I see it, take it for what it is, playing it or whatever, and then that's it. I move on to the next. So it feels like it's got a much short like games that I watch have got short much shorter lifespan than music which I listen to. Well, I think like that. Um, I don't know. You bringing up that Fifty Cent song from two thousand three, yeah. and the, the reality that that was part of your life, and I'm sure that you can listen to those songs, you can get yourself in a yep. place like in your head and mm -hmm. remember those moments. Um, I don't think that either one of those took away from either of that, but that the idea that, that the music can be like the soundtrack that's yeah, pretty cliche, for sure. But, but for sure, but, I was I was remember if there's a particular song or that's hit me differently, like I remember where I was, what I was doing, and so on and so forth. Whereas with games, like they'd be great games and stuff, but I'm like, yeah, it's, it's all right, it's fine. <laughs> 
It's fine, yeah. I I'm not trying to, I don't want to be, I'm not that guy because I do love the game. I yeah. watch a lot of soccer yeah. or football or whatever. Watch MLS, watch uh, USL, watching NWSL, watching like everything. But I do really look forward to New Music Fridays. Let me take you, let me give you one serious one here. Ooh. A kind of serious that just popped up on here. So someone's hoping to get this in under the wire, but it is kind of, it's pretty current. Okay. Um, <clears throat> has to do with, uh, Men's soccer versus women's soccer. Okay. And uh, if you've been paying attention, this yesterday, as to when we were recording, this is when the news dropped about the U.S. men's national or the U.S. women's national team lawsuit. Yes. About go this? On. No, then, go. Um, so I think it might be that's why it's on people's minds. And okay. obviously, we play in a place where there's, you know, the women are playing next to the men. Yes. What was what leaked out was that there was uh, some the wording in the U.S. soccer versus the women. Yeah. Um, was that the men's job was more demanding than the women's. That's why they get paid more. Is, who said that? This was the lawyers in the lawsuit. Wow. Um, and yesterday on Twitter, you know, a lot of the, the women's national team players were definitely taking a stand on it. There were some other people from all over the place. But some people were asking, like, what's like, what's your take on equality in, okay. in soccer? That was, that was the question. Yep. So, like, that's kind of the preface, I think, of where we're at right now. Yep. So I can, I, can, I can talk about that, yeah. I think... The national team stuff is a, is a bit harder to talk about because I don't know the exact ins and outs and bigger picture, but I can talk about the stuff which I do know, which is, say, the NWSL to the MLS and stuff like that. And the I think one of my biggest issues, which I found last year, was the overall topic of equal pay was one which was being spoken about by a lot of people who don't know bigger picture with certain things, and they were using it a lot, almost like it was a hot topic. They were saying this, they were saying this, they were saying this. But if you speak to some of the women who were involved in the game, not necessarily for the US Women's National Team and so on and so forth, they're not saying it as often as some of the people from the outside because the product itself is different. The attendances and stuff is different. The way it's being promoted is different. And obviously they can there's so much room to grow and it needs to grow because it's a great it's a great advert for just the beautiful game itself and there's not enough money there within within women's uh, football but some of that money comes from people working harder to not working harder but people watching more of it investing more time investing more of this invest just general investment like the league probably picked up more so last year after the national team won the world cup and then all of a sudden the NWSL games are appearing on ESPN because before that I was watching on Yahoo uh, Yahoo Sports app which I didn't even know was a thing because I've not had Yahoo since 50 Cent released that album. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. I'd love to see people getting paid more. I think the the women in NWSL for uh, minimum salary feels so, so low. Economically, may, maybe it makes sense based on sponsorships and so on. But I feel like they should be paid more because it's a career that should be, which should be able to be had. You shouldn't have to subsidize it because within the men's sport, it's not like that. And obviously different games get different audiences and so on and this that and the other and i get that the, the pay thing is a complex element but i think for the majority of women who play soccer in the usa i think over the talk of equal pay i think it's more more about more pay and growing the game to a point whereby more money is accessible because the top the people play for the national team you know they, they're fighting for more and that's fair enough for them but they're also getting a lot more than the average person who plays in the league and the average person who plays in the league, they're the ones who, um, you know, who essentially drive it. Like people come to see the stars, but it's an eleven-person game, isn't it? Plus the substitutes, plus the people who maybe don't make the squads. Like it's 
this is a life. This is, um, yeah, this is great. Like Becky speaking to, she just left the club with Becky Sauber and listening to the way that she would talk about certain things, like she knows the importance of growing the game. And I think that should be the focus for the everyday person who maybe doesn't have all the information about the national team stuff, like focus on growing the overall women's game because you wouldn't want to get to a point whereby, I don't know, there's a separation between in the national team and the league to the point where the national team could thrive but the league will struggle. Like Everyone needs to come up together and I think that comes, as I say, through not demanding equal pay for the, say, essentially the women who play uh, in the NWSL week in, week out, but trying to get them more pay by making their games more accessible, trying to bring in bigger sponsors because it's, it's a great product. Myself and a lot of my teammates, we watch a lot of their games. And it's it's great it's great to watch. So let's let's all let's watch let's watch more games. Let's talk about the games more. Let's let's try and grow the league. Maybe there'll be more teams coming into it. And the product then itself, like there's no reason why in America, where you have the most successful national team for the women, why the home league can't be as big as the men's home league. Like this, why is why is that not impossible? It kind of falls on us. Like if, yeah, if we, sure. we we we're all part of this. We're like there's this thing like. Uh, you know, grow the sport, grow the sport, but th- that comes from the the fans. You know? Yeah, it comes 100%. from the people watching. It comes from the people that can have a chance to like say something about it. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm, one of those moments from last year. You know, what recording podcast with you guys and having you and Rachel in the same room mm-hmm. and talking and like having, you know, and sharing stories and like that 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 idea that we have. You know, so much wealth of information, wealth yeah. of knowledge, and like skill and talent here. And it's sometimes it's it's one that we used to paying attention to one that we're not so used to paying attention to but what's you know when it really yeah. comes down to it like there's some just it's it's honestly like it's you kind of feel like you tread on eggshells when you talk about um thing topics like equal pay and so on because you're always one statement away from almost essentially being cancelled but yeah like i i love i love women's football like i love it i know exactly how it's played I know the players that are within it I know what to expect from this game I know what to expect from that game so I pick and choose like this is what I want to watch so I'll, I'll watch this I might watch um, the Royals versus Portland and then afterwards I might watch Portland men versus I don't know, Orlando or whatever like that's just that's my day that's how it works out this is this is what I want to see and as unfortunately as I say like I'm invested in that more so than I would say the national team so any I don't have a true true big opinion on the national team stuff because I don't know the ins and outs there's a there's a fight that's going on and I think that will go on and it'll be dealt with in time and if everything's if if it works out that they're deserving of whatever like give it to them great but I'm more concerned about the club's club stuff and the I say the NWSL and that's the league which for me needs to grow because I think if it does grow maybe there'll be more attention on it like why the, for the national team to have the success that it has, as I say, but the league to only have nine or ten teams or whatever, it seems like something's not quite right there. I feel like it should be bigger. And the question should be asked, of why is it not bigger? And why aren't salaries higher? Why why aren't stadiums more full? And, you know, because people, you'll go to a national team game, but I suppose you need everyone to go to the club team games as well. And then before you know it, it's, as I say, it'll be it's rivaling MLS on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, and I mean, just as another, like, my perspective as a fan, the more you get invested in the players on the field, the more those games exactly. matter. It's, it's just one of those. And I think people do know that. That's why, you know, names like Megan Rapino and yeah. 
Alex Morgan are a big deal, you know, yeah. because when people pay attention, they see them and they see these, these performances. And yeah, but know, the, but then also with them, everyone knows those names. Yeah, but they those two, for example, didn't play as many games in the league last year as they probably would have wanted to or could do. Yeah. So as well as knowing those names, you need to know the people who are there when those players aren't there. Yeah. Because they're the ones who you probably end up seeing more, you know. And as I say credit to the ones who found the great success and played for the national team, but it's an eleven-person game. And I think overall, I think maybe, maybe you could argue, maybe you could argue, and this isn't the same for everyone, but there are probably more people who watch women's football who know only the stars as opposed to the whole teams than you would find in men's football where there's overall more of a reach of like knowing who is who. Yeah. So maybe as a consequence, maybe that's why more people go to games when, say, if Albert's not playing for us, I still expect us to be basically sold out, you know? Whereas if Kristen isn't playing, maybe for some people, they might think, well, there's no point going anymore. But I don't know. Maybe that's just a wild take. But we'll no, see. no, it's a, the, the drop-in fan like we talked about mm -hmm. when we are talking about other sports. But um, yeah, I, I, the the investment pays off, I guess, is what I was trying to get at. Yeah, so, for sure. And when you do know the Richard Corsis and, mm -hmm. the, you know, the Lola Bontas and like that, the, those games get, you know, it's just that's. That's yeah. just as good as knowing Kristen Press. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're going to see performances from all of them. You're going to see that kind of stuff. So. You need all of them. For as good as Kristen is and other players within the team, it's like it's, it's a team game. You know, like I'm not taking it away because these are world champions, but it's a team game. And if you don't have everybody else working in the same direction, you'll find no success. And then who would want to come and watch your team lose every single week at home? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's one of those, one of uh, seeing some press last year that was like a little bit, critical of one of the Royals performances I was like actually I was like oh that's that's uh that's something <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. Like I, I like that people are paying attention that not, that much no I mean the Royals are going to be a very interesting team to watch this yeah, year so yeah. they're just getting back into training right now yeah right? they the are yeah. starts next month yeah they're uh I'm looking forward to watching them I think they've this is third year now isn't it yeah just been starting the playoffs yeah. both times just missed yeah yeah so with all the best to Laura in a new role but new coaches here and they want success, and it seems like everyone's quite excited for the season ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that that is another place people can run into you. So yeah, you listen, <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a good chance you'll see me at a Royals game, probably with uh, with my daughter, because you know she 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 looks at them, she she adores them. She's met she's met a few of them now, and she's uh, she's very very keen to wear a Royals jersey. And interestingly, I'll be wearing one of those soon as well. Oh yeah. That's uh, more more coming from that. Yeah, one, keep a, keep an eye, keep a look out on social media for that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll 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 end with this one. Um, one of the things that uh, your fans here in Salt Lake want to know is, uh, what is your favorite part about this place? What is your favorite? Uh, I know you're you're you haven't been here for too long. No, you not at all. You probably you know there's. Um, what is it? What is it that about Salt Lake that you would say if you're trying to tell someone to come and visit you? What would you say? What we're <laughs> if, gonna do for stuff for when I start talking, it seemed like I'm just working for Visit Utah or something like that. Well, we're trying to get that. <laughs> yeah, sweet Visit Utah. Sponsorship. Visit Utah. If you if if you want a podcast with someone who's really positive about the state, listen, this is the place to go. But anyway, uh, that was an ad. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> for me, I think I'm very fortunate because I live in a neighborhood where the people are really nice people and everyone's got children. So there's a real big social element there. Like every Friday, our neighbor just lifts up the garage door, brings out some chairs and everyone comes and gathers. And we're all like, the kids are playing together, the adults are having drinks, are having some food and stuff like that. And it's that, in that space, it's like the real feel of community. Like everyone's together. Like I said earlier as well about them going to a game. 
that was incredible. That's not something I've seen before. Usually I'll get along with one or two neighbors, but not everybody, but I get along with everybody. And then you add to that the fact that where my house is, it's more towards the top of the valley. So I look down and across all of literally Salt Lake and beyond. Or if I leave my house, I look to the left and I'm I'm right between Big and Little and Cottonwood Canyon. Like, where I'm from, you don't there aren't mountains. They're barely hills. But I wake up every day and I step out and I look. And I'm in one of the most beautiful places that I've ever been to in my life. And instead of just being here for like a week on holiday, like this is this is my life. I will drive to work every day looking at incredible mountains. It's it's so special and even the mentality that everybody it's just such an outdoors place. In the winter everybody skis. In the summer people doing like bike trails or just general trails. I've been at like food festivals in Sandy looking out again onto the valley. And the weather's so good as well. Like don't get me wrong, people complain about it here. But I looked at the weather report from Manchester last week and it was raining for the next nine days. And then I come here and it's dry and it's it's warm. And then when it's summer it's like really hot. Guys here are used to it and say, Oh, it could rain maybe. Listen, my summer usually is just rain. There were two summers ago when I was in Manchester. It it was I think uh, it's just the end of June and I was doing a, some a preseason workout thing, an off season workout. And honestly, I was wearing gloves and I was like, What is life? But here, I know if that day comes, that's like that's you maybe just call the apocalypse because that's 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 so unlikely to happen so i just appreciate all that i appreciate the i say i appreciate the people the way it looks the things you can do and just the pace of life like when i I lived uh, just outside of london and that was beautiful but when it takes you an hour and a half two hours to get to work every day even though it's like 10 miles that's that's not great but here i get out i know what time i need to leave I know what the what the route's going to be like. I know what the traffic's going to be like. I know what the view's going to be like. And I just like, I'm listen, you know, I'm listening to all the RSL um, network podcasts on the way into work. You know, plug all those because I know exactly how long I've got. It's the life I have here is the easiest life I've ever had, and my kids love it, my wife love it, and everyone that comes over to visit me loves it as well. So Utah is a hidden gem, and I'm very very happy to be here. Well, we're glad you're here. Um, <laughs> If you wanted to know the, the the time frame of these podcasts is specifically for a drive from Salt Lake to Harriman and back. Well, one of them. well, the, for my for my podcast, it's usually maybe like a trip down to Vegas. You got to you got to do a couple laps around the block before the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I apologize, guys. It was it was a long one again, but um, yeah. Thank you for um, thank you for sending out the questions. And unfortunately, I've, I've heard that I don't actually get too many voice memos. I feel like you're reserving those for Albert and Rachel and people like that. So please. Yeah. Send me some voice memos, guys. It's like, pretty It's pretty easy. Like, seriously, take your phone out, get the voice memo app, record your question, and then send it an email to digital at rsl.com. And I make, I make Nathan listen to all of them. So. Listen, yeah, but unfortunately, this time only took 30 seconds. But uh, yeah, in future, I'd like to spend ages listening to them. I do appreciate your feedback. I appreciate all the listeners, all the people who subscribed, all the like ones who started listening to the podcast, sorry, to the playlist on Spotify more as well. There was a 50% spike one day and I was like, oh, so this is what happens when you, as you said, front load the uh, yeah. the podcast with uh, just a reminder about Spotify. So, yeah, I appreciate all that. And yeah, just keep enjoying it. And I think we've got some, uh, we've got some very interesting guests coming up. 
I wouldn't promise you NBA players because they're like gods apparently, so you can't speak to them. But maybe there's there's some things going. Yeah, there's some things going on. So maybe, and I hope you're looking forward to that. So thank you very much. <laughs>